Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the episode. So I firstly want to start off by apologizing. We don't know what happened. I think there was a glitch with the recording system that I use to record the podcast episodes. And then it seems like Spotify also had a glitch because we had some of you guys message me saying that when you were going to play the podcast, there was this bug that was coming up and I re-listened to one of the episodes and the sound was so weird, but it didn't sound like that when I was recording it. Anyway, so I don't know what happened. I don't know if Mercury's in retrograde, but If you found that you couldn't listen to the previous couple of episodes for whatever reason, maybe you found like that the noise quality was annoying you or um, you were having a bug, we've completely re-uploaded all of those episodes. We've stopped uploading them as videos. We were trying to be like on fucking trend. Well, that's going out the fucking window because Spotify now has this ability to obviously upload podcasts as video episodes. So we're trying to upload them as video. We were uploading them as videos to um, hop on that train of people want video content. And uh, it seems like it actually just caused more problems than it was worth. So it's kind of a reminder that you don't need to change things that are working all the time, you know? Um, So we're not going to upload any more videos to Spotify, but if you do want to watch the video version because vibes, or you just prefer to watch a video, you like to see my hands move around a lot and me and like touch my hair when it's annoying me, then you can watch it over on YouTube. Please make sure that you like, subscribe, all those things on whatever channel that you're listening to the podcast on or watching the podcast. Um, Anyway, we have a bunch of great episodes coming up for you guys. Today's going to be fantastic. Today's one's going to be fantastic. We also have later in the week, the episode with my mum finally coming out to talk about um, building your dream house, your dream apartment, your dream home. So make sure that you listen to that episode. And there's also another episode coming out right after this one, or it might already be out if we put it out at the same time. This is going to kind of go over what to expect this year. This year is a really big one for me. Um, And I'm going to talk about that on that episode of things that we're setting up, why I'm doing these kind of things, a little bit of a life update, but then also what you can expect on the podcast and also just from me and the content and whatnot this year, um, because I want to make sure that you guys are in the right places. And on that note of being in the right places, before we jump into this episode, I've been noticing that more and more, uh, people are choosing to get off Instagram, which is so interesting to me. And I am not anti it by any means. And I don't mean necessarily business owners. I mean, more like you guys, people that are following people like me. I was talking about with my client yesterday, or rather she brought it up to me of how she just deleted the app because we were talking about her relationship. And I'm going to do a whole episode on this and how I was just giving her that reminder that often if we're on social media all the time, we are inundated with everybody else's opinion. And it's causing us to really be perfectionist in our relationship. And it's causing us to not be fair on our partner, but rather expect them to be perfect. And then as soon as they are not being perfect, we start to question things because TikToker 303 said that this behavior is, you know, narcissistic or whatever. And then we just dump them versus back in the day that didn't happen. And what do you see back in the day? People were in much longer relationships. And obviously that doesn't mean stay in a relationship you're not happy with. That goes without saying. It's just interesting to notice these trends. But what I'm seeing, and we can even see it with Instagram, right, is reels are not being prioritized anymore. And Instagram carousels are. This is like, you don't have to know this. If you're not like on Instagram, it doesn't matter, but there's actually a message here. The point is, is that what we're seeing again is that it seems like people, and maybe you agree with this, let me know if you do, 
it seems like people are actually starting to find themselves getting fatigued and exhausted by the constant stimulus from video content on Instagram, whatever social media platform that you're on. You might not even notice that you're overwhelmed by it, by the way. You could just be living in this constant state and think that it's normal. But when you're constantly seeing, in addition to being on your laptop, doing work, walking around a city, watching TV, when you're adding more and more stimulus, it just throws your nervous system off, right? And so when we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok or whatever, and we're scrolling and we're not even cons- prop- we're not even properly consuming the content, by the way, we're just, our brain is con- like getting um, hit with these lights and colors and music and all of these different you know, different bits of stimulus in the way of how it looks and how it sounds and how it feels. And it's very exhausting to us. And what I'm noticing is that more of you are engaging in, say, an Instagram carousel. And it sounds like it's because, and I now do this as well, I'm fully focused on the carousel. I am actually consciously consuming the content and wanting to and I'm receiving something by the end of it. I've learned something or I've realized something or I've had an aha moment which is a great thing. So you feel like it's actually been a productive use of your time rather than scrolling through reels. You don't even fucking read the caption most of the time, right? And you've consumed without actually learning or receiving anything, which can be really, really exhausting. And so what I'm noticing though, and like a lot of you are now reading my emails so much more and you're messaging me saying how much you're loving my emails, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, this is really fascinating to see more of you are, and you might not even know you're doing this. More of you are actually consciously engaging in content and consuming it and receiving it and learning something from it rather than just scrolling. And so where I'm going with this is make sure that you listen to the next episode where I give you the overview, because I really am going to encourage you guys to be really, here's the word again, fucking conscious about, and what I mean by that is just being aware, being focused, being present with the content that you are consuming of mine. If you're listening to a podcast of mine, listen to it with intention. What are you trying to get out of it? Are you doing a hundred things at once where you're not even listening to the podcast, it's just background noise. And then you think you've listened to it, but you haven't actually listened to it because that would be adding unneeded extra stimulus to your nervous system. It's causing exhaustion and you're not getting anything out of it, right? All it's doing is exhausting you. You're not learning from the podcast episode versus driving and listening to a podcast. That would be a productive use of time. Cooking and listening to a podcast, that could be a productive use of your time going on a walk, et cetera, could be a good use of your time. But if you're doing 10 hundred things at once and listening to a podcast, probably not going to be a good use of your time. So in the next episode, I'm really going to, um, it's just going to be a little mini one, but I'm really going to invite you guys to actually be more aware of this. Try and be more present with the content of mine that you're consuming. And there's a reason for this, and I'm going to explain why in the next one, because I'm setting you guys up for success in the next few years by changing the way that you are engaging with my my learning material and my content that I'm making for all of you. Okay. So that is the next episode. But today I want to talk to you guys about something that I've needed to do a podcast episode on forever. And we're going to be talking about abortion trauma, birth trauma, and that postpartum journey. Now, firstly, obviously I do not have a kid. I have never been through the postpartum journey and I haven't had an abortion before. But what I can say is that for the past five years, I've helped women through this and I've learned a lot from doing so. Um, I haven't personally had this experience, but that doesn't matter because I don't, I don't coach and help people heal based on personal experiences, right? Yeah, that can help sometimes, but that all that actually that helps with really is having a lot of empathy around that. If you haven't 
helped a lot of people through that process already, right? It helps you feel connected to that person and closer to the issue. I've helped hundreds of women through these different things and um, done a lot of study and research and et cetera on these things. And also, as you guys know, I am heavily and highly intuitive. And if you don't know this, all of my modalities that I've made over these last five years of helping you all heal, um, if you've been in any of my programs or done any coaching with me or come to my event, by the way, the event closes for the payment plans on the 28th of Feb, as does Queen Alchemy, 28th of Feb, last day. Um, if you've done any work with me, my modalities that I've taken you through, they're all channeled and made up from moi. And fuck me dead, do they work? So I want you guys to keep in mind that as I'm talking about everything on today's episode, I'm talking about things that have really, really profoundly helped my clients walk through these somewhat really hard moments, depending on how the situation was for you. It's it's a very traumatic thing to go through and it's a huge change. So just keep that in mind. As usual, take what feels right, leave what doesn't feel right. And um, I would actually encourage all of you to listen to the postpartum section 1000% and the birth section as well. Because if you want to be a mom, these are really good things to know. I'm really grateful that I know these things and I want to pass on this information so that you can feel as prepared as possible for when you go to be a mama and have a baby. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. As speaking of which, actually one of my one-on-one clients just found out yesterday, three hours before the call, that she was pregnant and they've been trying for years and we had a session the week, uh, like uh, a week, two weeks ago, we had out one of our sessions, did a huge clearing for the pregnancy, right? A week later, boom, pregnant, not joking. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you can't make this shit up. The timeline is just unreal. So anywho, let's jump into today's episode. All right. So if you haven't had an abortion, then you don't need to listen to this abortion bit that I'm going to go into. You can jump to the birth trauma section and we'll put a timestamp for that in the description. Um, that way you can just get the most out of the episode and you can just skip past the abortion bit if you haven't had an abortion. Okay. If you, if you want to listen to it though, I would still recommend listening to it because it could be a good thing to know. Otherwise, if you haven't had an abortion and maybe you don't want to listen to it, but it could be a good one to tag for later in case you unfortunately get into that situation, then I would just flag this episode and pin it or write it down somewhere so you know that you can come back to it. It'll also be in the podcast description. Okay. So first thing is abortion trauma. So obviously we all know what an abortion is. And I, people have asked like, what's my take on abortion? My take on abortion is as in my opinion, everybody should be. I'm so glad that it's available as a resource to us. No matter what the reason is for an abortion, it is a traumatic experience. It is a lot on a woman's brain. It is a lot on a woman's body. It's a lot on a woman's heart. Even if I've had so many clients that will come to me being like, Monica, I fully back the abortion. Like, I'm so glad that I did it. I supported myself through it. Like, I knew it was the right option. There was no part of me that was wondering, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. But why am I struggling so much after having the abortion? Not just hormonally, like mentally, emotionally. Why do I feel so down after doing it? And I want to just say that as something that's really normal. Like that is, it's not just common, you know, it's like, you know how I say like, all these things are common, but not normal. No, this is actually normal. This happens. The reason why it happens is because yes, the hormonal side effects, but more so is that you have had to make probably one of the hardest decisions of your life. And even if you fully, fully backed yourself in that decision, There is this part of you that like very subconsciously that was about that, like could have had a child, 
right? And you, for whatever reason, I support you no matter what, decided not to have that child. And subconsciously, that is something that can be very, very draining if you haven't fully closed that loop and like really healed that decision that you had to make. And when I'm when I say healed, I mean you somatically were able to integrate that decision that happened in your mind of I'm going to make this decision. You were able to integrate that decision into your body so that your body isn't on this thought process that's causing fatigue because of a subconscious thought, because your subconscious thoughts do affect your body, right? And so if this subconscious thought is constantly running through your body, it's going to cause you to feel drained and fatigued, right? As my, maybe that's why you're feeling tired all the time, lack of creativity, low libido, et cetera, because you feel drained from this subconscious loop that's on. So we have to just close that loop and fully integrate it into your body and give you some tools when they pop up, when it's needed, so that you're not draining your energy unnecessarily to something that doesn't need to be drained to anymore. That is why that happens. Just FYI, firstly. So the first thing, also, the other thing I wanted to also mention is obviously there's the very clear ways that abortions can be traumatic if the pill didn't work, if there's a lot of heavy bleeding, if you had to have surgery to get the fetus removed. All of those things are very traumatic mentally, emotionally, and physically that you need to heal from, right? And because our muscles have so much muscle memory, even if you you know, like consciously and mentally have healed and come around and you feel good and stable mentally, that's great but your muscles are still holding the memory of what you had to go through. And that is obviously held in your womb, right? And our womb is the powerhouse as a woman of where our emotions, where our creativity, where our balance, where our groundedness, it all lies in there. We hold a lot of emotions in our cervix, in the walls of our vagina and in our womb space. And so when we have had to go through something involving those areas that are traumatic and not something anybody wants to go through, like, let's just fucking be real for a second. Does like, would anybody in their right mind raise their hand and be like, I want to go through an abortion. I would like to experience that. No, I don't think anybody would actually raise their hand that maybe someone's like fucking curious, but nobody would actually say to themselves, I really like, I feel sad that I missed out on that experience. No one's saying that to themselves. Right. And so when you have to, unfortunately go through that again, I support you for whatever reason it is. But when you have to go through that, your muscles are going through a very emotional and traumatic thing that is then harbored in your body. And then it will show up, especially around your period time. It can block you from having a baby when you want to have a baby because you're holding this fear still and this unsafety in your womb and your cervix and in the walls of your vagina. It can affect you during intimacy and sex. It can affect you emotionally opening up and trusting yourself and somebody else again, because all of those emotions are, you know, harboring these blocks in the areas in which we feel the most femininity So if you're wanting to receive feminine energy, if you're wanting to relax and surrender feminine energy, how can you when you have all this fear and this pain still sitting in these parts of your body, right? Obviously, it goes without saying there's also the hormonal side effects of having the abortion that need to then be worked on so that you're not feeling like you're on this moody roller coaster all the time where it's disrupting every other area of your life. You don't want to feel like it's disrupting your relationship. And on that note, actually... We often, 
we forget how much abortions can actually affect men. Now, granted, if the guy's a dick and he was like, I don't give a fuck about you, like blah, 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 it's going to be not as traumatic for him, way more traumatic for you, duh. But for that example, I still would not completely dismiss that he doesn't care. It's probably a coping mechanism. From most of the time, we can assume that most people are good people, even if they don't have the best way of sharing or like um, presenting their goodness to the world, like he's a bit of a dick to you. He probably deep down is actually a good person, but he doesn't know how to express himself in a proper way. And he has a lot of shit to deal with. And so as a result, his trauma response, I don't give a fuck, do whatever you want, shut down about the abortion, for example, but actually it will probably haunt him for the rest of his life of that situation and how he handled it. I guarantee you in a few years time, he'll be thinking about it and he'll be hating himself for it. And that will eat him up because men don't want to hurt us. They want to protect us. So when they look back at themselves and think, God, I was so mean to her. I did not protect her. That eats them alive. Now, even if you're in a situation where you had to have an abortion and you're in a loving relationship with a really good man, et cetera, for whatever reason it was, maybe that the baby was not viable. Maybe um, you guys weren't in the right position. Maybe you were too young, et cetera. What often happens, and I really want to bring this up because it's so important that we're aware of this. It doesn't mean women diminish your pain and help him. It means that you guys are both going to be having pain. You're both going to be having trauma from the experience of the abortion. It's just going to happen in different ways. And it's going to be showing probably in different ways. And obviously, the trauma was different, right? The, the trauma was on you mentally, physically, sorry, physically, 100%, mentally and emotionally. For him, it's mentally and emotionally. It's not physically, right? Um, point being, though, is that even if you're in a loving relationship, for a lot of men, what can happen when there's an abortion or when there's a loss of a child as well, if there was a miscarriage, um, let's tie that in too, is for him, how, I, how do I word this? What happens is he will go into, I need to help her. This was not my body. This was not my baby. Like this was his baby, but like it wasn't in his body. I don't have any right to be upset about this because it didn't happen to me. It happened to her. And so what happens, unfortunately, is they put all of their focus on you and they take away all their focus on themselves. And then as you guys know, they harbor all this trauma and it comes out in really unhealthy ways. And it can really really damage a relationship because all of this unhealed stuff is coming out and he doesn't know it's about the abortion or the miscarriage. And he would never even really admit that because it didn't happen to him, quote unquote. And you have to remember how many women and on the media say, well, it didn't fucking happen to you. Is it happening to you? Is it your body? Like it's my body. It's my body. It's my body. And so we're ramming into men's heads that they don't have a say when those things happen. They don't get to feel the pain. They don't get to be sad when there's abortions or miscarriages because it didn't happen to them. And whilst it's true, it didn't happen to their body. It was their child. It still was their baby. And so why I'm bringing this up is never to diminish a woman's experience. This is an and situation. Women, you are having your own experience and he's having his own experience. And where I can think we, I, where I think we can really go wrong with pregnancy and, you know, the journey of being pregnant and even postpartum is that we we diminish a man's experience and what he's going through and the journey that he's going through because it's not happening, quote unquote, to them. And what this does is it it immediately creates a separation between the child and the father. 
listen to that again. It immediately creates a separation between the child and the father, right? And you don't want to do that because it is shown by research, fathers are very, very important for the upbringing and the health of a child. So what you want to do is you actually want to do the opposite. You want to make him feel so close to this baby because you have to remember for him, he doesn't, he immediately isn't as close. And that's sad for him. That's hot. That can be really hard for guys because they want to be closer, but they can't be because sometimes what it can feel like is that you are the block because your body is blocking him being closer to the child because literally the baby is in your body. And so what can feel really supportive to men is you really opening up just with saying and reminding him, this is your baby. This is your baby. This is your baby. Like just like really helping him to see that just because it's growing in your body does not mean that the experience isn't happening to him. It's just happening in a completely different way. Right. You got to think about it. Like most of the time when, you know, a new dad is like, oh my God, I'm a dad. They go into like working harder, making more money. Like they go into full protect, provide mode. Their response to it is different. We go into nesting, but we're both doing something that is serving the child. We are trying to better ourselves and better the environment for that child that's coming into the world. It's just that the way in which we're doing it is different. So just to circle back to the abortion piece and also the miscarriage, and we'll put a timestamp in here also for people that uh, have experience in miscarriage before, or just to know about this, to listen to that chunk that I just said as well, because that's really important. And that way you can come back to it if you need to re-listen to that about miscarriages. Um, but what was I saying? So coming back to the abortion piece, please make sure that you are not diminishing a man's experience through that because it's also very real for him, right? Obviously, other examples of the way in which abortion can be traumatic is you just feeling 50-50 about the situation and wondering what is the right choice. That can be a lot. That can be guilt that eats you up alive if you feel like, oh my God, did I make the right choice after it happened? That's something that needs healing from because that is super draining on your adrenals and on your reproductive energy because you're sending all the energy away from your body into your head. And it can really influence your ability to fall pregnant again in the future because you're creating this emotional blockage of what it like, like, again, you're one foot in one foot out with your own body, with your own decisions, right? If you didn't grieve yourself going through that, that's a really big thing. Often women will grieve and men, they will grieve the baby but they won't grieve themselves. They won't grieve what they had to go through. They won't grieve the version of them that they've lost because they can never go back to feeling how they felt. This is what they're telling themselves. They can never go back to feeling how they felt before the abortion. They feel like now there is a dent in their life, quote unquote, right? And this is the same as we tell ourselves this after really abusive situations like rape or any kind of abuse. If I can't go back to the way that I felt like, and that is such a limiting belief that I want you guys to know is bullshit because you can go back. I'm telling you, I'm guaranteeing you, you can go back to the way that you felt prior to that and not feeling so imbalanced anymore. I've taken my clients through it. I felt it myself. It's huge. It's profound and it's real. Okay. Um, the next thing I also wanted to mention is the distrust in your body that can happen as a result of the abortion. 
So this is going to be kind of a long episode, but let's follow with it. So um, the distrust that can happen in your body is real, especially if you fell pregnant and didn't want to fall pregnant and you felt like you didn't track your cycle well enough or something like that, or you were on the IUD and it betrayed you, or you were on the pill and it fucked, fucking betrayed you and you fell pregnant anyway, etc. You can create this distrust in your body and imagine how else that shows up in the rest of your life. Imagine how that shows up with your work, with your confidence levels, with your health, with all these other things in your life. Additionally, if you have any shame put on you, either from others or yourself because of religious beliefs or just other people's opinions, that can be really, really hard to have on your shoulders that we can often forget as a massive load that can happen as a result of needing an abortion or wanting an abortion. And that's also something that's really worth looking at and giving yourself the permission to heal and let go of because no one else can make this decision for you. No one else gets a say. They're not in your mind. They are not you. And whatever you did for you was the right choice, even if it was a hard one. Okay. So just to remember, this goes along with everything. And it will also go in with the birth trauma that we're about to go into. When you don't clear the grief, the fear, the pain, emotional, physical, energetic, mental, when you don't clear those things, I want you to think about it's this like constant open valve where you are thinking about it subconsciously or consciously, you are feeling it, you are dreaming about it, and it is then draining it. Your resources are being spent up thinking, dreaming, feeling about those things, and it's causing you to have this open valve draining your energy, and it causes things like fatigue or like insomnia, and it causes this, right, because you are mulling over something that you cannot fix, but you are trying to find a solution for So you are spending up all of your energy on those things and it's draining your life force energy. It's draining your creativity. It's draining your sexual energy because you are focused on the past. You cannot be in the present. You cannot be thinking about the future. And the more energy that you lose, the more it drains your adrenals, the more that it drains your health and the more that it drains your reproductive energy. It drains that blood flow going to your reproductive organs So if you want to be falling pregnant in the future, if you want to have healthy cycles and a healthy period, it's going to be compromised because of these energy drains that are very real. This is not a woo-woo thing. This is a fucking real thing, right? And so, and and not to mention the connection that can be lost or um, dented with your body that will really influence how you trust yourself, whether you can stand up for yourself, how you feel about yourself how you feel about getting pregnant again, how you feel when you show up in sex, the safety that you have or the lack of safety that you have around sex. How do you feel about your decision-making process, right? All of these things are then affecting you sometimes years after. It's not just a procedure or a pill. It's something that can be on your mind and in your body for years if you don't have, if you don't give yourself the permission to actually heal this. Sometimes when things are really normalized in society, like abortions, it's a good thing. The bad side of it is that we don't realize the severity of it. We blow it off. We diminish it. We kind of gaslight ourselves a little bit and we don't give ourselves the permission to do the healing work. It's like, oh, I just had an abortion. Like I just took a pill. Like what's the big deal? It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And that doesn't mean 
that doesn't, I don't want you to then induce yourself with shame of like, oh my God, it's a big deal. And like, I didn't make it a big deal. That's not, that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is actually more about you giving yourself permission to actually feel and validate anything that you are still feeling or thinking in regards to an abortion that you had, right? Okay. So, oh, and obviously the, uh, the how the abortion affected you and the trauma and all those kind of things are going to be heavily influenced by the process, by the support level, by the person that you had the child with. All of those things are going to hugely influence it. That goes without saying. So just remember that as well. Okay. But no matter what, abortion trauma is real and I'm here to support you in it. Okay. Let's jump into birth trauma. So obviously it goes without saying you can go into a birth with a birth plan and it not go to plan, right? If you could not speak your truth at the best of times, how do you expect yourself to advocate for yourself during a time of immense stress and trauma? You can't. Now, I also want to say for those of you that are like, well, I'm going to have a home birth, so I don't have to advocate for myself. Well, what can happen with home births as well? And I have no, like, I'm not like pro anything, right? Like I was, obviously I'm like pro the least drugs possible, but I'm also pro like you doing what feels right for you. So if that means that you need to get an epidural, then get a fucking epidural because you need to stay alive and you need your baby to stay alive and you don't need your body to break in half. Anyway, so point being is that even if you're like, well, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a home birth. Great. But what if in the home birth, you're actually hitting a point where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go to the hospital. What if you start not advocating for yourself in that because you told yourself a story that that's like the wrong thing to do, or you're so stuck in, I have to have a home birth that you don't allow yourself to speak up when you're like, I am done. Take me to a fucking hospital. What about those things? There are so many different components to go that go into birth. But when I see clients that have trauma from the birth, what it's generally about is the birth didn't go the way that they wanted it to go. And they notice it in their day-to-day life, how they feel. But most importantly, they're noticing it in their connection with their child. So for example, maybe, you know, you had a really intense birth. Um, you couldn't advocate for yourself. The nurses were like doing things, all the midwives are doing things that you didn't want done. And that's created self-shame. And then maybe you were so exhausted, for example, after the birth that you couldn't then do skin to skin or you didn't advocate for skin to skin, right? Every country is different. Every person's different. Every experience is different. And now you feel like it's affected your connection with your child. And this actually is a real fucking thing. It really can affect the child, but it also will affect you. That guilt, that shame, that what if can eat you alive, not to mention that the birth isn't something that you forget. Obviously, it's a pretty big fucking deal. And if your mind is constantly replaying what you didn't get to do, that's a lot to carry. That's heavy. So we want to make sure that your body actually is able to release what it didn't get to release and get what it didn't get during that experience of the birth, right? Because no matter what happens in the birth, birth is traumatic on your body physically mentally and emotionally. Even if you had the most beautiful, primal, like fucking amazing birth, that's amazing. And I'm so happy for you that you got to experience that. It's still traumatic. Birth is a major trauma. The end, full stop. Any kind of massive change and quick change in your life is also, it it can also be traumatic, right? Because you have to think about all trauma is is a moment in time or a collection of moments in time 
where your body felt unsafe. And under the umbrella of feeling unsafe is anxious, stressed, uneasy, um, insecure, uh, second guessing yourself, all of these kind of things where you don't feel neutral, strong, and in the right direction of where you want to go is traumatic in some way, shape, or form. So when you all of a sudden have this newborn child and your whole life has changed, your whole day has changed, your relationship has changed, you have changed, your body has changed, no matter how self-aware you are, how much you love yourself, it is a huge, huge thing that you have gone through and it is very, very, very fair for it to be hard. So fair for it to be hard. It doesn't help when we have expectations on ourselves, when we don't allow help to come in, when we don't know how to express our needs, when we don't release trauma. So it just adds up and it bottles over. All of those things don't help. So I, you know, I always say, if you can heal your shit before you have a child, please fucking do because it takes a huge load off when you're postpartum. Because you know those moments where you have all these little things and then like just that one thing is the straw that broke the camel's back? That will happen postpartum. But if you can remove all of the gunk so you're clean going into this journey, it's going to make it easier. doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Shit still can come up. But my God, is it going to make it an easier journey for you and your partner and your baby? So please, 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 like do this work before you've had a child if possible. If you've already had a kid, you're already pregnant. That's okay. You can still do it. The earlier that you do it, the better because you don't carry it around for as long. And as soon as you have a child in your life or children in your life, you automatically have more on your plate, which means that all of the gunk there, it's like you are going to bottle over more quickly because you already like 50% full of shit. So then when you add another 50% of like drama with kids, like fights with husband, like fucking admin and house shit and all the other 50%, then you're at hundred percent. You're going to blow. If, if you guys can kind of like understand that analogy. Right. So other things that I want to talk about with the birth is that, what was I saying? So it's vital for every mother to, in my opinion, to release through trauma work, what she didn't get to in the moment of the birth, because you are in a fucking whirlwind And often women don't process the birth because their adrenaline is so high that they, and then afterwards they're now in this whole, like, I'm a mother. There's no time for you. There's no space for you to process what happened. So women never process their births properly. Maybe you've mentally thought about it when you're on the toilet for five minutes in peace or when you're in the bath for a little bit or you've dreamt about it, but you, you, you somatically, your body hasn't processed it because as soon as that baby comes out, your body is now a machine for another human being. Your body is trying to heal. You're trying to rest. And now you're trying to breastfeed. If that's your choice, you're trying to breastfeed, whether it's going successfully or not, your body feels like a machine and just a mechanism for this human being. So where in that does your body get to somatically process the trauma? It doesn't. So it stays inside, right? And that's why it's so important that we do this work because otherwise we keep those memories stored in our womb, stored in our pussy, stored in our heart, our whole body, our mind. And it shows up in resistance to let go in our relationship. It shows up in a lack of creative energy. It shows up in low libido, painful sex, fighting with your husband for no particular reason, being on edge. All these kind of things happen because we are disconnected from our body, right? If you're breastfeeding, 
you, like I said, become a machine. Your body is no longer yours anymore. Your body like belongs to this baby. As soon as this baby wants the boob, he's on, he or she's on the boob. There's no fucking choice. Like you don't have a say in it. What baby says baby gets. And so what can happen is that women and mothers will actually start to disconnect themselves as a coping mechanism from their body and from their sexual energy. Because prior to being a mother, your breasts were purely for sex, for pleasure, for desire, for polarity. Now your breasts are for feeding. They're for nourishment. Now you feel like, as women say, I'm a fucking cow. I'm a machine. All I'm good for is breast milk. I can't have sex. I'm exhausted. My fucking hormones are everywhere. All I'm doing is feeding a child all day. So the coping mechanism for a lot of women is to disconnect. And that disconnection causes a disconnect in yourself, thus in your sexuality, thus in your sensuality, your femininity, your magnetism, your polarity, and most importantly, your connection with your partner and with yourself. Then you go on to the fucking spiral of I'm not good enough. I'm fucking up my relationship. Everything's falling apart, blah, blah, blah. And you can see how it's just this domino effect of one thing after another as you are just trying to cope because there's been a lack of support in quickly eliminating the things that are causing disconnection. So yes, maybe you need to allocate you know an hour to be away from the baby so that you can do some healing work, but that hour is going to buy you millions of more hours and it's going to save your relationship, save your connection to your body, save your confidence, save your fucking mental health. All of these things are going to be saved from you giving yourself one hour. And often women, especially as they become mums, they are so bad at allocating time for themselves because now they're like, I need to, like you're in mother mode and in protect mode and in provide mode of, I need to provide for my child. I don't need to provide for myself. I'm fine. But what we forget to understand is that you provide better to your children and to your partner when you are full, when you've provided for yourself. You know, that phrase, it takes a village to raise a baby. We used to, as women, all breastfeed the new child when we were in communities, it wouldn't just be the mother. It would be all the women that were mothers that were producing breast milk would feed the child. What that meant is that the child was not getting a lack of nourishment at any moment of time and the mum could rest. But what we've now done as a society is we've become so disconnected. We suck at asking for help. We don't ask for help. We see that as a sign of fucking weakness. We want to do it all ourselves. We wear this girl boss and like, I can do everything you know, and I'm a super mom as a badge of honor. We wear burnout as a badge of honor. We wear victimhood as a badge of honor. And what happens is nobody wins. Nobody wins. That community aspect, that village aspect is so vital in you feeling like you can recover, process, integrate, heal from that experience. So I was saying before, right, of after the birth, you need to be able to integrate that into your body. How does that happen if you're feeding a child? Back in the day, you'd be able to because the other women in the village would be looking after your child. So you would have time to integrate and to process everything that just happened in the birth. But women are trying to do it all themselves and they're expecting themselves to do it all. They're not asking for help. And therefore, we're also not healing in the process. We're also becoming 
kind of worse versions of ourselves because we're not allowing ourselves time and space and help in our life, right? So really like part of that feminine leadership in every aspect of life is asking for help and receiving help so that you can have time to be in your body. And this is something that we'll do a lot of in her, which is one of my upcoming programs. If you're not on the wait list for her, make sure that you are. I'm doing a free masterclass also guys in the Italian Dolomites. Um, in March on the 12th, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, and we're going to put the waitlist below and also we'll put below the link for you to join the free masterclass so that you can join that. And I highly recommend that you do. Um, you'll get an email with all the details as soon as you join so that you can come on the zoom call and everything in regards to feminine leadership will be going over and more details to come about my new program, her, but we'll put the link below to the website page for her. So you can start to read about it and make sure you're on the wait list. The wait list does get a discount as well. So a little incentive to get on the wait list too. Um, so just jumping back into what I was saying. So the help piece is so important because often what can happen is through us not processing, women become very angry at their bodies And that anger also causes disconnect in themselves with their child and in their partner. When we also have this lack of space and healing, we can put a lot of that stress that we're feeling towards ourselves on our partner and kind of resent him that he didn't have to go through this, resent him that he can still, you know, go to work and have time for himself and take a shit in peace. And so what can happen is that resentment can then also eat up the relationship And can you see how like all of these factors can be heavily reduced, if not eliminated, by giving yourself permission to heal what needs to be healed? So to kind of wrap up everybody, basically what I'm saying in this whole episode is permission for us as women to realize that going through anything like abortion, a miscarriage, and or a birth is something that We need to give ourselves permission to do work around, to heal. And you don't need six months of healing from it. You need like a good hour, maybe two, but you need to at least give yourself that. Otherwise it's going to bleed into other areas of your life. And then you'll go down the shame spiral of, I should have fixed this sooner. So I really hope that in this episode, you've actually felt empowered to get ahead of things for the future so that you don't play catch up games or I hate myself, I should have done this sooner games because we're not about that over here. I was going to go into the postpartum section. I know I mentioned that on the episode, but it's already gotten pretty long. And you know what? I feel like this postpartum section is going to be like a solid 25 minutes. So I actually am going to keep it for another episode that I'm going to kind of blend with postpartum in terms of business stuff as well, um, of setting yourself up for success in every area of your life with postpartum and going on that postpartum journey. I know that I haven't been on my own postpartum journey, but I've helped a lot of women through it. So I've learned a lot through that. I know what works and what's really dramatically helped my clients for their business and also just for themselves personally. And I also want to share what I am doing. Um, already years in advance to set myself up for success for being postpartum. So that is going to be another episode coming very shortly. Do not forget that my mum is coming on the episode on Thursday to talk about 
um, interior design and designing your dream home. And then we also have a few breakdowns this year coming for different uh, different TV shows like White Lotus, the second season, and Ginny and Georgia. So if you haven't watched the second season of White Lotus, I would get on that. And if you also haven't watched the latest season of Ginny and Georgia, I would also get on that as I'm going to be talking about that third season of Ginny and Georgia. It's got the most guts in it, in my opinion. I will obviously reference stuff from season one and two, but if you watch season three, it has enough flashbacks for you to actually get the gist of everything, if that makes sense. So I'm going to, wait, is it season three, season two, whatever, the latest season of it that came out this year, this year, yeah, this year. So I'm going to leave it there. I hope that you will have a lovely rest of your week. Do not forget that Queen Alchemy is closing on February 28th. So, so soon. Do not miss out. Fuck waiting till September. And uh, if you haven't left a review on the podcast already, all you have to do is just write a written review, send a screenshot to media at monarchyateshealth.com. Details are below. And then we will send you a complimentary meditation that is exclusive to you podcast listeners. I really appreciate all the reviews that you guys have left and how much you guys have been sharing the episode with everybody. It means a lot. And don't forget to listen to the next episode also that's coming out with a little update on what you guys can expect this year as well on the podcast and in terms of all of my content I'm producing. 